Good morning, and welcome to the Presbyterian Church on Esco Island as we celebrate the second Sunday of Advent. It's a joy to have you with us. Uh, we've got a few announcements. So we also want to welcome the folks that are with us on li live stream, not only the folks that are here in the, in the uh, sanctuary with us. Uh, on any given Sunday, you may not know this, we have a, roughly about 16 people that are out in the world that are watching the service on live stream. And so if you're traveling during the holiday season and uh, you want to join in, that's a way you can do that and still be a part of the service. Um, we want to welcome any first-time visitors. Uh, so if you are a first-time visitor, raise your hand. we got a, a welcome bag that looks like this. So I, I see some folks out there I don't recognize. So if you're a first-time visitor, raise your hand. There's someone here. There's a, do you all know it's in these bags? Have you ever wondered? Those of you that are members, I didn't really know. Well, there's a really cool uh, washcloth or dish rag. Really cool. There's a pen and some other stuff. So if you bring a new person to the church with us, make sure you uh, uh, get them a new bag. <clears throat> Should you need a restroom, there's one over here in the, underneath the stairwell. Uh, friendship registers are in the pew, so please take a moment and fill those out so we know who's here. And if you're, again, a first-time member or not a member but are, are visiting us, and place there to put your address so that we can get back with you and tell you a little bit more about the church if you'd be interested in joining us. The nursery is in the ministry center and it welcomes children ages six and under. You can join and go over there anytime during the service. If, you, if you're a member and you haven't had a picture taken for the directory, or if you're like me, you have a picture in a directory but it looks nothing like you look right now, um, Bess, Bess is in there somewhere. Raise your hand, Bess. Where are you at? Oh, there she is. Wait Best to meet her after the service, and she'll take a picture of you. Um, and I, I hope you do your pictures before mine, because I don't want to break the camera, Beth. Um, the devotional is back in the, on the uh, porch. It looks like this. It's wonderful. I've, I hope you've been reading along, but if you haven't, you can grab one of these, as well as a calendar. And uh, it's a wonderful way to go through Advent with the rest of the congregation. The worship committee will meet uh, directly after the service over in the ministry center. Presbyterian women are meeting tomorrow at 9.45 here in the fellowship hall. This fellowship committee, which also Bess leads, those of you who know Bess, she is quite a uh, hostess with the Moses. She's planned with her committee a uh, family night supper this Wednesday, and they're handing out invitations. If you haven't got one already, the invitation has a place on the back where you can put one of your favorite recipes, maybe a family recipe, and uh, they'll be doing something with all those collected recipes in the future. Fresh Express uh, returns to the parking lot this Thursday. It begins at 1 o'clock. Please bring a reusable bag and get some free produce. Anybody and everybody is welcome to do that. If you uh, would like to help with the distribution, please get with Bonnie Gary or Brenda Barnes. They're the ones that organize that for us. And there are lots of dates and special activities that are happening during this time in our church. So uh, please look at the flash and be uh, mindful of those and come and join any of them might happen. Now we begin our worship with a prelude.
Please stand and join me in the call of worship, you'll find in the bulletin. Rejoice, God's promises are near. Rejoice, God's strength is with us. Rejoice, we gather in the joy of our salvation. Please be seated and bow for me for opening prayer. Promise one, enter our hearts anew, enter our worship with your promised presence, that we may know you better. Enter our lives and our world, that we may proclaim your presence and sing your praises with joyous gratitude, we pray in your blessed name. Amen. Over a hundred people from the ages of two to 80 years old were asked the question, what brings you joy? From the voices of different generations, hear their answers. A clean kitchen. Sand between my toes. Time with my friends. All my family together. My partner's laugh. Oh, oh my dog. The end of my to-do list. Hugs. Solving a difficult problem. Music brings me joy. Stargazing, books, and learning each day. A warm cup of coffee. Connection, having a place I belong. 
lingering at the table after dinner. Today we light the candle of joy. May its light remind us of all the good news this season brings. May its light remind us of the many sources of joy in our lives. And may that joy not only draw us closer to one another, but closer to God. Family of faith, what brings you joy? Amen. May we stand now together as we sing our opening hymn, A Better Way, printed in your bulletin.
You may be seated. I was interested in reading about a series of experiments that were done by Princeton psychologists some time ago. They taught that it takes only a tenth of a second, one-tenth of a second, for us to form an impression of a stranger. In other words, it takes only a tenth of a second for us to look at someone's face and determine a stereotype about who they are. With decisions happening so quickly, it's not hard to imagine that we might need a moment of confession. The prayer of confession is an opportunity for us to slow down. We take that tenth of a second and we give it room to breathe. We reflect on the decisions that we've made in the past and we ask for God's mercy to be in all of them. And without fail, God wiggles God's self into the cracks of our lives and we are made better for it. So with that confidence, let us go to God in prayer together. May we pray. God of mercy, a million times a day we have the opportunity to be gracious, to assume the best in others, to give the benefit of the doubt. A million times a day we could choose the better way, but so often we don't. Fear and greed kick in. Assumptions and insecurities take the wheel. Comparison and critique lead the charge. Forgive us for forgetting that we are descendants of Joseph. Forgive us for forgetting that grace and mercy are in our blood. Forgive us for forgetting that all belong to you. Give us the courage to love even bigger than before and the wisdom to choose a better way. Amen. Let us confess now in silence. Amen. May we stand as we hear these words of assurance. Family of faith, hear this good news. 
We who have chosen wrong are given a second chance. We who have lost our way are welcomed into community. We who feel alone are seen, held, and known. This is the good news of the gospel. No matter how many times we choose wrong or lose our way, God continues to be a God of second chances, community, and love. Thanks be to God. Amen. may be seated. Please bow for the prayer of illumination. Holy God, scripture tells us that you came to Joseph through an angel, loud and clear, impossible to miss. Scripture also tells us that Joseph listened. He rearranged his whole life to follow your invitation. God, we long for that, all of that. We long to hear your voice, loud and clear, impossible to miss. We long for invitations to something more, something deeper. And we long to be like Joseph and find the courage to follow. So clear, clean our ears, brush the dust off our hearts, trace us back to our roots, back to Joseph, who heard and followed. With gratitude, we listen. Amen. The Old Testament reading today is uh, Isaiah 35, 1 through 10. <clears throat> the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and bloom like crocuses. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and shouting. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are with fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible re recompense. He will come with and save you. Then the eye of the blind shall be open, and the ear of the deaf shall be open. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No travelers, not even fools, shall go astray. 
No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Amen. We turn now to the story that we sang already this morning, the gospel reading from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Hear God's word again to us this day. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. But just as he resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had given birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you alone, who is our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last Sunday, we heard the story of Mary. Mary, you know, the young girl whose life was forever changed by the annunciation of the angel. And despite any of her fear or apprehension, she accepted the call to bring God in flesh and bone into the world. This Sunday, we switched both perspectives and Gospels to hear what was happening with Joseph at about the same time. And as we do, we continue to lift up our theme for Advent as we remember those stories that have been passed down to us from generation to generation, these stories that become our stories. The Reverend Sarah Speed, who composed much of the liturgy that we're using for our theme, tells us a story that helps to connect us with the story of old and this generational theme. She says that I can vividly remember a conversation between my 13-year-old adolescent self and my mother on the way to church one cold, wintry morning. I asked, Mom... What if I don't want to be a Christian? She says, a protest undoubtedly influenced by my teenage desire to sleep in on Sunday. But my mother didn't take the bait. Instead, she told me how this story of God has changed her life. She told me how she couldn't imagine her world without the church. She told me how she so deeply believed in a better way 
and how she felt called to be a part of that. From the back seat of the car, I could tell that she was serious. Her joy, her hope, her conviction, they were so pure and so authentic that they left a lasting impression even on a 13-year-old me. It was a generation-to-generation moment, she says. The Christmas story of a love that came here, that walked among us, that was born in a humble manger to uncertain parents with shepherds nearby, is a story that we pass from generation to generation because without fail, it continues to change us. It reframes the way that we hope. It centers the way that we love. It shapes the way that we live. So this Advent, we tell this story that has spread like wildfire from generation to generation, and we remember all of the generations from Abraham to Jacob who have waited for this promised day. And let our generation in doing so be so influenced in joy and in love that future generations, they can't help but pay attention. So this Advent, we tell the story again. Last Sunday, remember, excuse me, two Sundays ago, remember the first Sunday of Advent, we read the very beginning of Matthew. And it's a genealogy that spans 42 generations from Abraham to Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born. And it is helpful for us to know both these two things, that Jesus was born into a family, just like we are, a family with stories and connections, some good and maybe some hurtful. And we also know that Jesus reconciles all of our stories as he fulfills the prophecy, specifically the one that we read last Sunday from Isaiah, a prophecy that a shoot will come forth from Jesse and will sit upon the throne of King David. But this king, his kingdom will have no end. Joseph and his family lineage become that connection point for us. But what do we know, really, about Joseph? Of the two, Mary undoubtedly gets the most attention. I mean, she is the one, after all, who carries the baby for nine months, and then, while incredibly pregnant, endures an approximately 94-mile donkey ride from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And then once there, she's not greeted with comfort, but has a baby in a barn. I think we can give Mary a little of our attention. You know, after Jesus, Mary is probably the most revered character in all of Christianity. She has been venerated throughout history with countless churches and things that are set aside in her honor 
Now, here and there, scattered about the world, there are a few churches that are named after the Blessed Virgin Mary's husband, Joseph. I think of St. Joseph in Houston, though it's not quite Santa Maria in Rome or St. Mary's Basilica in Krakow or the Sanctuary of Our Lady Lourdes in France. I'm sure you can think of many others, maybe have visited cathedrals that are honoring Mary. But however lowly his current day real estate is, Joseph, it's Joseph that's remembered throughout the Christian faith as a protector and an advocate. Last year, Pope Francis wrote that Joseph encourages us to accept and to welcome others as they are, without exception, and to show special concern for the weak. It's what he did for Mary, after all. And so today we receive his story again. And as we do, I'm struck by the very difficult situation that he finds himself in. You know, as far as Joseph knows, his betrothed, his love has been unfaithful to him. And at the onset of their relationship has broken their marriage contract. And in this time and place in history, we know that the Old Testament provided severe punishment for such an act. We remember the story of Jesus with the woman who was caught in adultery, and her sentence was death. But it was also practiced to publicly shame a woman and relegate her to the fringe of society which in a sense is a fate worse than death. Matthew tells us that being kind and righteous, Joseph did not desire any harm to come to Mary. He wanted to choose a better way. And so he planned just to quietly dismiss her. No good could come from her public humiliation even though Joseph would have been well within his right to do so, and I imagine that none of his family would have counseled him otherwise. However, before Joseph could dismiss Mary, God intervened in the story as God so often does, and God lays forth an even better way. In a dream, the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in this very sensitive, very heartbreaking time. And he says this very same thing to Joseph that he spoke to Mary. Remember? Do not be afraid. Would Joseph be fearful by the mere presence of the angel? Is Joseph afraid of the whole situation, this engagement that is seemingly fraught with betrayal? What really is the issue? I don't know that we can be certain because unlike in the story of Mary, we don't hear Joseph's response. Joseph doesn't say anything to the angel. Remember, he's asleep. He doesn't ask questions. He makes no commitments. He simply wakes up, 
And just as he chose not to publicly humiliate Mary, he chooses this alternative, better way. Mary says, yes, here I am, a servant of the Lord. And Joseph says, yes, in his action. His action to stay beside Mary, to become an adoptive parent as he trusts in God and the message, the holy message that was sent to him. What I'm struck by in this story time and time again is that we could say that Joseph, he chooses grace over condemnation. Our Advent devotional that Ron shared with you this morning, this week it challenges us to consider the settings where we, like Joseph, are faced with making tough decisions in those sensitive, maybe even heartbreaking settings. We find ourselves faced with making these decisions and we're called to think how we might find the path of grace. And thinking about this, we look to when our ancestors also, maybe they've chosen the better way. And maybe there's times when they haven't. And we can learn from their experiences. And if we nodded our heads along with Reverend Sarah Speed's mother in saying that this story of God has changed our lives, how does it point us to the better way that we might then be a part of? So we ask ourselves questions like, when is the pathway of peace available? but still we claim violence? When is the challenge to accept another available, but yet we choose rejection? How often do we honestly share in condemnation rather than shower with grace? The prophet Isaiah says that a highway shall appear And he calls it a holy way. It will be the road traveled by the redeemed, Isaiah says. The redeemed, those who have gotten it wrong, but God says, I'm still here with you. And we're going to try again. It's not the road for the perfect who will get it right just the first time. It will be for us who strive again and again and again for a better way. It will be a highway that is full of choices, ones that are made by the former generations, ones that we have inherited and we still have to grapple with those today and work them out in fear and trembling, and certainly the choices that are before us right now. The prophet envisions this holy way And I love this passage because as he envisions this holy way, he says everything about it will be more alert, more fulfilled. There will be more joy. Everything will come to life in a new 
and vibrant way. Isn't this what Jesus is coming to do? So here we are, part of this holy way, sharing our stories and making decisions and asking ourselves what choices can we make each and every day to bring forth this more alert, more fulfilled, more joyful, more vibrant living, not just for us, but for all, for everyone. So how do we receive and continue this story of Joseph? Joseph, who chooses a better way. Let us stand and affirm our faith as we answer that question. We believe in a God who offers second chances and does not hold grudges. We believe in a God who opens the door to new life and leaves the porch light on for us when we get lost. We believe in a God who believes in us, believes that we can make a difference that we can choose grace over comparison, love over hate, peace over war. And so we strive to live our lives in love. We strive to listen as Joseph listened and to be the people that God calls us to be. It's all that easy and it's all that hard. This we believe, amen. You may be seated. Will you bow your heads in prayer with me? O God of stepfathers and adopted parents, God of angel messengers and newborn kings, we bow our heads today with praise on our lips. For who else but you would pick two ordinary people to be God's parents? And who else but you would be patient enough to lead Mary and Joseph back to one another? And who else but you would assume the best of fragile human hearts? The answer is no one. For you alone are our God. And in your grace and in your devotion, you open the door for us to see a new day a new life. And so we pray today, help us to be like Joseph, who reminds us that grace is within reach. In a world so full of competition, help us to choose celebration. In a world full of scarcity, help us choose abundance and share. In a world of war and violence, help us to choose peace and grace. In a world of divided lines, help us choose connection and relationship. In a world of quick assumptions and stereotypes, help us to choose curiosity and compassion. And in our striving to choose a better way, God, may we be transformed once again by your story. May this story of Joseph rattle something loose within us 
May the story of Joseph help us to drop the need to be right or to be the best or to have it all figured out, and instead, may it draw us closer to you. May this story of imperfection so grace into our bones and hearts. May we catch glimpses of your love in our world. May we shake off the dust of our old selves and live into something new and vibrant. May we be a little more like Joseph, but mainly, may we be a little more like you. With hope in our hearts, we pray now together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. With joy and gratitude for all that we have received, let us offer our tithes and our gifts to the glory of God.
God of promise and joy, receive these gifts we return now and bless this offering that our gifts may be signs of joy and hope for others in need. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Our closing hymn can be found on page 15 in the hymnal or printed in your bulletin. Let us now sing, Rejoice, Rejoice, Believers. Friends, as you leave this place, go knowing that from generation to generation, we have been claimed and loved. From generation to generation, God has been by our side. From generation to generation, we are not alone. The God of yesterday, the God of tomorrow, knows your name and loves you and calls you forth saying, go, be the person I called you to be. Love wildly, do justice, and come back soon. Amen.